Welcome to the Politics and Bros podcast. It's June 25th, 2020. Things are still kind of weird, but for other reasons, and we're going to talk about that to talk about that tonight. This is uh, your good friend Pete, and as always, I'm with Howell. What's up, man? Cheers, Pete. Cheers on to, to you. On to phase four. Tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Phase four tomorrow. Until going go. inside restaurants. Until we go back. <laughs> um, Until everybody stops wearing a mask and we go back. To yeah. Uh, happy 20th episode to you. 20th episode. Right. My I'm goodness gracious. My, my High West whiskey here just to celebrate and take that's it all a, in. That's a tasty one. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, for, for our listeners, Pete and I saw each other this weekend. Um, happy, happy post father's day to you. Uh, yeah, we played a nice round of golf at Oak Park. Thank you again for that. You're very welcome. It was a lovely day. We played with, uh, we actually played with the mayor of Oak Park, which was right. We got to discuss some politics with him. We did. It was great. And you shot, uh, you were in the mid eighties. I was in the mid (laughs) nineties. Uh, all is right in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, and yeah, things, things have been going well for my kids are gone this week as, as I told you. Lucky. Um, so we've been enjoying ourselves. We almost don't know what to do at nighttime. It's so quiet and we have so much time. Um, but I decided to get a vasectomy yesterday. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a whim. <laughs> You know, it'd be fun, honey. Let's go get. Let's go get. I'm gonna go my, get my ball snipped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not joking, and you know that to be true. But yeah, I had, mm-hmm. had a vasectomy yesterday. I, I'm I'm happy to report that um, all things seem to be going well. There's no major pain, and um, I'm up moving around. So no bruising. Uh, no, I, I haven't actually looked around, but um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe when I take a shower, I will. Uh, but uh, have you been able to shower yet? He said I could shower today, but. I have. Oh, okay. So oh, good for you. Tomorrow I will. Um, so that's good. That's, I got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah. Um, solid. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something cause I was, mm-hmm. um, I was listening to, uh, the thing I was into last week, which was the throwback podcast today mm-hmm. and they were doing Pearl jam 10, the album Ooh. and they started, they were soliciting feedback from some of their friends um, on their podcast. And one of their friends said, you can be a little broy at time. And they were like, are we bros? And then they're like, are bros bad things? And I was like, hmm, I wonder if we should think about that on our podcast because our podcast is called Politics and Bros. Yeah. Um, but um, what, yeah, I don't what, really what, care. What conclusion, what conclusion did they reach? Anything? Uh, no, they just, I, it just made me think, you know, if someone is turned off or won't listen to our podcast because it has bros in the title, uh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, we're nice I'm, guys. You know, um, there's enough There's enough people either being canceled or canceling themselves out there right now. Ooh, nice I'm segue. Really, you like that segue? Yeah. Um, that I'm not going to worry about it too much. And I'm not really interested in any of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Before you get into that, I, would, I, I ultimately came to the conclusion that, you know, we say that in in somewhat of a uh, self um, defacing way about ourselves, but mm-hmm. you know we are who we are, and we're just doing this for fun. And you know we're not going to like change who we are to be um, to 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 capture some aug- audience segment. So you know, politics and bros, it is. And yes, 
you know, that's who we are. So anyway, we're, but you were, yeah, we're not opposed to adding, you know, adding in third person and changing the name again, but right, right now it's just you and me. So yeah, but it has to be a bro. But it's gotta be a bro. <laughs> no, but it's you were saying true. before I so rudely interrupted. No, I just, you know, there's a, you know, we've already talked about this before, but, you know, cancel culture seems to still be going strong. A lot of statues and things being torn down. Oddly enough, statues that have very little to do with uh, white supremacy, but, you know, whatever. Um, thinking specifically about Madison, Wisconsin, this past week, a couple of statues got taken, got torn down by angry mobs, one mm-hmm. of which was a immigrant abolitionist Civil War hero for the Union. Um, and then the other was the forward statue. Everybody knows that, uh, Wisconsin state motto is forward and it's, it's actually an homage to the women in the state moving forward and progress. And that was torn down. So that was torn down. That was torn down as well and defaced. Um, and then also a state Senator got, uh, beaten to the ground for taking a picture of the protest. He had a couple cracked ribs, a concussion. A gay state senator, if I yeah. if I yeah. read that correctly, yeah, I think that's correct. But um, um, you know, it's just getting weird because you know the other thing too. Hearing about uh, there's a statue of Lincoln in D.C. that was supposed to be torn down tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That it was actually paid for by freed slaves and dedicated by Frederick Douglass, but they were going to tear it down because of whatever reason. So. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know where it's going anymore, and what the can point these people is be anymore. arrested? I, you would think. You'd think. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I know in Wisconsin they were told uh, police were told to stand down, which is funny because I think like a couple Molotov cocktails were thrown at the state building, windows were shattered at the Capitol. Um, but then today, the governor announced that he's willing to um, deploy the National Guard or the Wisconsin National Guard to protect buildings now all of a sudden but um i just don't know if some of these folks i I don't think they know what they're doing anymore or what their what their point is anymore except just total destruction and then there's of course there's the whole conspiracy theories that these are these people are bought and paid for by george soros or whoever else and oh you don't you don't subscribe to that theory i i don't some people yeah, those, do. Those apparently. are always dangerous because those always tread around anti-Semitism as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, um, yeah, it's. I, is it just like? Just I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you that like it's it seems like the pendulum has swung, and it's like up in that it's up in that area where like. There's a moment of free fall after it gets to the top where it's a kind of out of control for a second. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, in our outline, you know, Aunt Jemima, you know, kind of got changed. And, and frankly, I was actually surprised that Aunt Jemima had, had that brand had lasted as long as it had. And I had, I had actually thought about that and been like, well, I've looked at it because we we actually buy Aunt Jemima because our kids love it. Um, it's terrible for you, but it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> and I th- I thought about like, wow, this is this is pretty. I'm surprised it has it's lasted this long. Um, so I just assumed that it was never going away. Yeah. Um, so you know, for it to to get sort of changed uh, during this moment, 
uh, doesn't shock me too much. But Mrs. Buttersworth, like, she, I didn't even know she was a color. <laughs> that I I didn't either. And then the other one was Uncle Ben's is right. Gonna, right. You know, ben, I mean, the ancient Mime thing. It's funny because there's been some. Um, Memes have been popping up, or not even memes, but um, somebody altered the Wikipedia page about Miss about Aunt Jemima and the basis of the model for Aunt Jemima on the picture. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, they were trying to say, well, it was her recipe. She had her recipe bought, and then she became the spokesperson, and she died one of the first African American millionaires, even though she was born into slavery. Which almost none of that is true. <laughs> so there's people out there who are trying to create the narrative that Aunt Jemima, it was a tribute to this woman who actually became rich and successful, but it, it really <laughs> from her didn't. syrup. So, yeah. From her syrup. So I, th- I think at this point, yeah, it's okay to change the model, yeah. but yeah, I, I haven't given that much thought to Mrs. Buttersworth though. <laughs> well, I always, just she might not like have a, been an African American, but yeah. I don't know. I, I have always no thought that she was just like, um, like a cartoonish character, like a cartoonish, uh, cook in the kitchen, like almost like a stay puff marshmallow man. Maybe that's just our privilege. Just, um, you know, but that. yeah, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I was surprised to hear that that one was was going away. Um, and you know, again, does it is that really like um, some sort of uh, relic of whites of a white supremacist uh, architecture? I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, my, what my main concern is is where am I going to find Aunt Jemima and Miss Buttersworth? They better tell me what they're going to call it. Because yeah. I still want, I still want to buy it. Yeah. Um, but what do they do? Do they say um, log cabin syrup, formerly Aunt Jemima? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how do you like? When I think of Aunt Jemima, like I think of like high fructose corn syrup, syrup yeah. with like sweet. That's really good. like I just want to get that. So yeah, just point me Quaker. Just point me to to the right one, and I'll 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 still buy it. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I can see it, um, but some of the other things are a little ridiculous. Well, it's funny because we've gone, we've gone from statues of Confederate figures, you know, the debate about renaming army bases and mil- military installations that are named after Confederate generals, which obviously are all totally understandable. You know, even Robert E. Lee, is you know known to have said that he never wanted monuments to confed to the confederacy built because he wanted the nation to heal um so and of course people did it to in response to the civil rights movement to try and further suppress african americans but it's now you've got yeah the aunt jemima thing miss buttersworth you've got companies constantly putting out um statements about privilege and racism you know that they're that they're going to listen now and you know, everybody's kind of doing the virtue signaling. And then even like rock band or not even rock bands, but musical groups like Lady Antebellum is no longer called a Lady Antebellum. They're going to go by Lady A now. And uh-huh. just today, the just today, the Dixie Chicks are dropping Dixie and they're just going to be called the Chicks. And, you know. Now, isn't that sexist? It's, <laughs> yeah, that's I said the They're just going to be the after, after that gets backlash. But it's just, it's funny. I, I mean, we're, we're, how much further, I'm really curious to see how much further it's going to go. I mean, we already heard about today. Um, Yahoo News had published a published a piece about maybe it's time to get rid of the Star Spangled Banner and pick a new national anthem. And somebody even suggested "Imagine" by John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, let's um, get a British guy's song. I guess. Well, Francis Scott Key was probably 
originally British anyway, but yeah, I was um, going to say we should keep it star spangled banner, but do the Whitney Houston version as our national anthem. Cause that's there you go. the best Beautiful. one. Yeah. I, I, that still brings chills to my spine. Damn, damn right. Um, but it's just, yeah. Where is it? Gonna, I'm really curious to see how much further this is going to go. Well, I'm just reading this now. Um, I've just pulled up Twitter mm-hmm. and I don't know if you were aware of this, but like there's a title of a newspaper article. Can Jimmy Kimmel and Tina Fey keep their hosting gigs after blackface scandals? Yeah. Like I saw the Jimmy Kimmel one. He did a, he did a blackface for a skit on his show years ago. I don't know if it was on the man. I don't know if it was on the man show or if it was on his, uh, you know, his week. I think it was uh, on his talk show on his, on his late night show. And Tina Fey, I think did it on 30 rock. Um, And then there was also a scrubs episode that had blackface that they pulled. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, it's like, I, why can we not just like learn from it rather mm-hmm. than, than like try to Scrub whitewash it. it, you know, like, yeah. Like having gone with the, gone with the wind removed from, I think it was HBO max. And then it right. wasn't. And then there was a disclaimer. I mean, you can't, and I'm sure someone would know. say, well, you know, it like, it makes certain people feel, you know, lesser than and and i and mm-hmm. i understand that but like i i it's just it, i i i feel like we're we're thinking almost completely with our emotions and not with yeah. sort of our our sort of logical side of our brain when we when we do this and maybe that's the point maybe that's what they want i don't know um but when you start threatening people's livelihoods i mean i'm sure tina fey and jimmy kim will be fine if they don't ever work again but yeah. still like you know, that's, that's serious business. Like, um, you know, changing Aunt Jemima is on the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal, but like, but like when you, when you start cap, you know, when it starts sweeping up people's livelihoods, then, then we have to really stop and think. Um, Yeah. I mean, the one thing I've always thought about the way I think about it, I should say, is that you never know how far you've come until you actually look at where, you know, where you came from and, what the starting point was. So if we start, like you said, whitewashing all this stuff, how are future generations going to know just how far we've come as a society? Um, yeah, you have some context, you know, right? You, yeah, you got to have, have context for what life was like at certain points in our history. And, it, you know, I think it's I think it's better to have that be more apparent and, you know, readily accessible than having to dig through and research about it. Um, I don't know. I just... It's going to be interesting to yeah. see how much further this goes. Well, yeah, I, I, again, I think this might go back to people just like the loudest voices are in like social media. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think most of America doesn't care about this stuff. Right. Um, and so what, why are people, maybe people, some of the, at these companies, oh dear. Can you hear that? Oh, good lord! <laughs> it's my silence kid. your phone. It's my kids trying to Facetime. Oh, of course. Um, Mommy and daddy are drinking. <laughs> Most. So what I was saying is, I, I don't know. Are they putting too much emphasis on you know what's being said online when in reality, like most mm-hmm. people are just trying to figure out what they're going to have for dinner that night? You know. Yeah. And, and is it going to be Uncle Ben's rice with some uh, chicken? Or wa- waffles, chicken and waffles with Aunt Jemima syrup. Um, 
Well, yeah. it, I, I heard a really good point today on a different podcast that Twitter is not real world. It's not. You know, it's not a platform that even a majority of Americans use. I, I forget what the stat is. Isn't it like less than 10% of the content is, or I'm sorry, 90% of the content is made by less than 10% of the users or something like that yeah, on, yeah, uh, on Twitter? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a crazy, like crazy gap between you know, who creates the content, how much of it's on, if that is actually right. on there. Right. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think people don't think much about this stuff or they dismiss it because it's not real life. It's not what is really affecting them. And we'll get into this later, but I think it's a good point to be made that in terms of what's happening now, you know, like Congress has got a dirt level, you know, approval rating in single digits or, you know, hovering around 10% maybe. But everybody loves their their own congressperson usually, mm-hmm. like so. It's it's. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's the. It's just funny to think about it. the body you hate, but your actual congressperson you want to vote them out because you think they're they're good. They're doing a good job. They're doing what they got to do, and maybe that has something to say with you know more polarization or gerrymandering of districts or whatever. But still, the reality of the situation is you know people in AOC's district probably hate Congress, but they love her. And they're not going to vote her out. So right, it's just yeah. It's like it's tribalism at its at yeah. its highest form. Like my guy represents me, but mm-hmm. I hate all the rest of you. Yeah. Well, uh, then, and then speaking of tribalism, just kind of you know, I, something I wanted to point out this week that was interesting with the, uh, I was thinking about the media portrayal of what's going on uh, at the Chop in Seattle, the mm-hmm. Capitol Hill occupied protest or whatever they're calling it now. And the contrast between what's going on there versus how they've portrayed some of the right wing stuff. And I'm thinking mostly about Michigan and when those, you know, gun toting knuckle draggers took over the Capitol for a day or whatever and protested because they were sick and tired of executive orders, keeping them locked down in their homes during COVID Mm -hmm. and the way it was portrayed that these people, they were armed, they were angry, they were waving flags. Whereas the, the portrayal of the chop, which are people who have literally commandeered multiple city blocks of a major American city, um, as just a glorified drum circle where there's, you know, lectures and, and open markets and, you know, a festival kind of atmosphere happening where, you know, but people are getting shot and robbed and harassed and threatened there too, but that's not getting reported. So have uh, people I, been shot there? Yeah. A guy got a one, an African-American guy got shot the other night and there was, they would not let, uh, I might have, I might not have all the details on this, but so I'm, I'm happy to be corrected later on, but they would, they would not let the paramedics into the chop zone um, so when paramedics arrived, they waited outside the chop zone for clearance to go in. But in the meantime, somebody drove the guy who got shot to the hospital, um, something like 30 minutes later, or 40 minutes later, something like that. Um, and nobody knows who shot this guy. Um, there has been some speculation. Like, I think the, the victim said that it was, um, one of the, uh, the right boys. Is that the name of that? The that what boys? The, the, the right boys. What are they called? It's those uh white those like uh alt right groups. Yeah, kind of like the Bugaloos, but like one of those alt right groups. He said it was a, an extreme right winger who infiltrated and shot him or something. I, like that. I do see man critically injured in chop shooting says he was the victim of a racial attack. That's yeah, the black guy. But um, but does he doesn't really know? I, I I mean, based on everything else I read, he doesn't really know, and nobody really knows. But you know, but that doesn't change the fact too that. People have been trying to call the police to help them who live in the chop and the police can't get in. And 
yet yeah, still it's it's being portrayed as this like peaceful thing well i saw today there's the businesses are now filing lawsuits to try and get this thing yeah um, disbanded uh I, I mean it's almost as if not having any law and order in a certain area leads to crime and 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 <laughs> violence it's I mean, true you know uh i i i do think that the two um movements are fundamentally different things so it may not be fair to compare sure. oh, yeah to the chop i'll concede that um, of course but uh yeah i mean i it's certainly yeah i i don't know i i think i'm not i'm not willing to say, i'm not willing to say that you know the chop is either total anarchy or just a you know woodstock um mm-hmm. but there needs to be a little bit of reporting on both that it's not it's not a peaceful drum circle and it might not be a super violent warlord situation but it's certainly not something that should be happening in a major american city and it should not be something that's condoned by that city's mayor and city council and to you know a, a greater extent the governor of the state um when they all would criticize right-wing groups or conservative groups for i mean shit come on if this was a conservative group who took over six city blocks they would have they would they would be calling out the national guard to come remove them just yeah well yeah i mean it's happened right the clive and bundy stuff right like they took over federal land right yeah and then um yeah and that got a lot of yeah what's that i said anyway that's that's my that's my rant on that um cool well i want to real quickly talk about something that i was very interested in which was mm-hmm. the happened between last time we recorded and now which was john bolton's book came out which Love was yeah anticipated after he refused to testify um or f- refused to voluntarily testify yeah. without a subpoena um and the impeachment trial uh the the this sort i mean i i was talking to some friends about this and you know reading some of the 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 larger narrative of the book it's all very shocking but in a in a way also completely unsurprising does that make sense right that totally makes sense <laughs> um it's like everything that we thought uh, was kind of true. It's still shocking that it is true, but it's not surprising. And give some give some examples. Well, I mean, so we, a lot of the stuff with regards to um, the Ukraine, which was the impeachment uh, inquiry, um, he basically confirms uh, a lot of that narrative, mm-hmm. um, which could have been could have been helpful for the Democrats case in the impeachment uh, trial. But I maintain that even if he had testified, Republicans were intent on acquitting him in the Senate. So it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. Um, and and to, you had multiple Republican senators say that, say pretty much that exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Alexander came out and said, I don't need to hear more witnesses. I believe right. what, what has happened. I just don't think it's a high crime. So, you know, 
Yeah. That, I guess that's easier to own when you're not running for reelection, but, um, True. you know, what, what does Ben Sass say, uh, when asked that question? But anyway, the two, the two things that I thought were kind of most shocking refer, regard China, which is, um, when she, president, she explained to Trump that, um, what he was doing with, with the Uyghurs in the Western part of China and putting them into camps. Um, Bolton says Trump gave his uh, nod of approval, um, which is, <laughs> which is crazy that our president was um, uh, giving tacit approval to uh, a concentration camp essentially, or a, a labor camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, uh, in a, in a move that, that mimics his Ukraine move moves. Uh, he asked President Xi if he would um, buy incre- increase his buying of U.S. farm goods um, because it would help him get reelected. So uh, mm. you know, it's there's other things in there like he didn't know that the U.K. had nuclear weapons. Um, you know, and, and and he just says basically that he is mentally incapable of, of the role of president, which again is shocking that someone is president. That's that, but also completely unsurprising given what we know about Trump. Um, And the last thing I will say is that uh, I think in the end, Bolton, this almost makes Bolton look just as bad or worse. I think he thinks it makes him look good. Um, but, uh, I think this makes him look like, uh, uh, almost a traitor or, or, or just a bad guy for mm-hmm. doing this for his book rather than if he, if, if what he says in the book is true, he thinks Trump is a danger to the, uh, the, the nation mm-hmm. and he should have testified in the yeah. trial. And I think yep. that makes him look worse. I agree. I think it does make him look worse because, yeah, it, the, it, the only logical conclusion is that he saved all of this for his book and that he didn't want to let it all out during the impeachment stuff because it would have screwed yeah. up his book. Yeah. The other thing he 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 said the Democrats committed impeachment malpractice for not um, bringing in more things into the impeachment inquiry, and I'm like, well, then why didn't you testify? You could have told yeah. them these things. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's yeah yeah. i wonder if i wonder if it's going to help her help or hurt his sales honestly i mean at the end of the day like you said it's it's all stuff that's shocking but it's also not surprising because Mm -hmm. you know i don't know i don't know if i buy into uh, a deteriorating mental state of donald trump i just think that he's always been yeah it's not deteriorating it's just his current his yeah level yeah, his the, his ego doesn't allow him to think like a logical human being. I mean, it never has. I mean, I'm assuming it never has. Um, but um, yeah, I wonder if this is going to, if the fact that it's not, while it's shocking, but not surprising, if that's actually going to help or hurt his book sales and if it's going to be worth it to him in the end, if he really was the patriot that he says he is or claims to be, you know, he should have used the opportunity of the impeachment trials to to state these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he says he sh- he says he hopes Trump loses, although he has said he will he will write in a conservative uh, candidate. He will not vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Well, good for him. 
go fuck yourself, John Bolton. <laughs> I've said that. I've said that before, and I've said that. I'll say that again. You know, there some some people on the right are saying, "Oh, look, John Bolton's the darling of the left now." No, he's not. No, no. They, they he is. He is just as neocon as, as he always was. Yeah, I mean, I think you were saying that on the podcast, right? The podcast you were listening to. Yeah. 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 The fifth column uh, podcast came out today, and and Michael Moynihan made a great point. He said, you know, he might people might try and or conservatives will try and paint him as just a you know, uh, an apologist or, or, you know, like you said, the darling of the left, but he still wants to bomb every country in every country in the world and, and, and invade everywhere and take it all over. Right. Um, he's still a dick. Basically. Regime change in Iran and North Korea. Yeah. yeah well, how are we going to do that? Well, bomb them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I won't buy the book. I feel like I've gotten all the good tidbits from the news yeah. excerpts anyway. Um, so I just wanted to raise that cause I thought that in the foreign policy world and, and just kind of hearkening back to impeachment, which was only like five months ago, but it seems like five years ago. Um, uh, yeah, it was important to that that came out this week or last week. Yeah. Um, well, what else we what else do you want to talk about? I just I wanted to touch on police reform. Ooh. What's been going on? It's been the big. Um, oh, the, uh, I have hot. Yeah, the hot topic in Congress the last week. Um, I thought we should kind of dive into it a little bit. Have you been paying attention to it? I have not. Oh, I do. I do know that there are competing bills. And there are. Mm-hmm. The Democrats voted down the Senate bill. Something like they, that. They they voted. Uh, they did not uh, grant. Uh, there was a procedural vote to move to the bill, and the Democrats voted it down. Um, after it passed the senate uh no it has not passed it didn't pass the senate it's in order to bring up a bill you have to vote to bring it up and and begin debate and start the amendment process um for once republicans were going to go through a proper amendment process and they negotiated ahead of time or at least they uh they granted 20 amendments and it's not a very this is not a very long large sweeping bill this is you know senator tim scott from south carolina who's the the lone Republican African American in the U.S. Senate. Um, I love it how everybody keeps saying that, as if there's so many Black Democratic senators. There's only two Black Democratic senators: people, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. So let's let's stop with the whole like the you know the that's one hundred percent more than the GOP. Yeah. Okay. But um, hey, stats don't lie. Yeah. But I mean, um, you know. Senator Scott grew up in poverty in, in South Carolina and and had run-ins with the, the law and was has even he's even talked about how to this day he's been pulled over for driving while black and uh, this has always been a personal issue to him and um, I think he's he's done mentor programs for young African American uh, boys and young men in, in South Carolina and it's a big deal to him um, but he also recognizes that you know, there's a question here. Is this, what, how much can the U S Congress or the federal government actually solve here? Because police departments are run by municipalities. They're not run by the federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he had a pretty common sense based on everything that I've read and, and I've, I've read his bill and I've taken a look at what's in there and it's, it all seems very common sense. Uh, it probably doesn't go as far as I'm sure, you know, as the Black Lives Matter movement would want it to go, or even you know the progressives would want it to go, because they want uh, it seems like they would want more of an author- authoritarian approach that takes care of everything. But 
recognizing our system of federalism that doesn't jive too too well and you know and to some degree a lot of the cities where these issues have been happening philadelphia chicago atlanta um, minneapolis you know these are cities that have been run by the democratic party for a long time and nothing has really changed Mm -hmm. um so i think recognizing all that he was trying to pass some common sense legislation where he would offer he offered 20 amendments to the democrats to improve upon the bill um, and they just said no no thank you Meanwhile, the House was working on their bill. That actually passed tonight on party line votes. That was much more sweeping, much more, I th- I would say, f- intrusive by the federal government on the rights of the cities and the municipalities to, to manage their police, their police departments. Um, but they passed it. But not before, you know, when the Senate vote happened, Nancy Pelosi goes on TV and says uh, that the GOP in the Senate is responsible for the murder of George Floyd. So yeah, I saw that. That leads me to believe that this is nothing more than a campaign issue. I, I'm sure there's political gamesmanship happening here on both sides, but it's it seems much more apparent coming from Nancy Pelosi and and and, the, and at least the House Democrats, um, in my opinion. But um, it's what? sad. I think it's I think it's just sad because the one time where the Senate is actually trying the McConnell's actually doing the right thing. And like I said, I'm sure there's political, he's making political calculations too. I I know that, but allowing the regular order, offering these amendments, say, let's improve upon the bill. The house probably wasn't going to pass it even with democratic amendments, but still we got to show progress here and show some level of cooperation. And that just wasn't happening. What are the sort of the, key points of each side's position do you know um so tim scott's bill uh the justice act um there's accountability in there and that there has to be um uh there's money and appropriations available for police departments to make sure everybody has body cameras but also um incentives that the departments are using the cameras properly and storing the data properly um, re- uh, coming up with and reporting on best practices for hiring, firing, suspending, and disciplining officers. Um, and then there's also a ton of reports on there, you know, to the FBI where uh, if an officer discharges their weapon or uses force of any kind, it has to be captured and reported to the FBI so we can have a better idea of how much this is actually happening. Cause I'm sure those are two very underreported things that happen in police forces, the discharging weapons and the use of, and then the use of force, mm-hmm. um, uh, getting a better understanding of how much no knock warrants are actually used because to some degree those are not reported and it sometimes happen in secret. Um, you know, there's also um, the big thing is that it makes lynching a federal crime finally, or would have made lynching a federal crime, uh, and then also commissions and studies to to come up with more solutions, broader solutions that face you know young men and boys uh, in communities of color, and then what type of things more do we need to do in the criminal justice system to make it more fair? Um, you know, I think uh, the big sticking point was that it did, did not have anything. It did not touch um, uh, immunity for police officers. I think that was a big sticking point for Democrats. But again, they could have offered amendments to try and to try and get more in there. Um, it did have a lot more in terms of looking at prior disciplinary records for um, applicants to the police force, um, 
better screening process, um, ending the practice of using chokeholds, more emphasis on de-escalation efforts. Um, so I, I think this was a pretty good bill, honestly, coming from from the from Tim Scott and the Senate Republicans. But um, I think they just wanted more. The House bill explicitly ended no knock warrants nationwide. Um, it uh, explicitly banned chokeholds. And then obviously it did away with immunity for um, police officers so they could be more easily prosecuted. But I, 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 I tend to agree with you. Like this is a, this is a situation where, um, you know, we're a, a, a grouping of States, right? Like not every state is created equal. So like, how do you apply yeah. And some States may need to do, certain types of police activities that other states don't. So, right. you know, it's like, I mean, something like lynching as a federal crime, like, I mean, um, what, I mean, isn't murder a federal crime? Like what, or is a hate crime? I don't, I don't understand. Like, is that just some sort of, I mean, I assume that's symbolic, right? Like to say lynching is a, is a, you know, federal hate crime. Um, but like, it's still murder, murder and, you know, murder mm-hmm. is a federal crime. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, this is, this is one of those situations where, you know, there is some political will on both sides to do something. Right. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what the calculus is there that, you know, does Pelosi think that just in this environment, like doing anything, as a compromise outside of like pandemic funding is, is not going to keep democratic enthusiasm for the election. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the, what's the calculus there to not sort of try to, um, you know, get something done, even if it's small. Yeah. I think there's certainly a calculation happening here on, you know, what are the politics of doing nothing versus doing something? Right. Um, and when do when you're doing nothing, pretending as if you're doing something. And I kind of feel like that's what the House always passes the extreme side of a, of a of an issue or the the extreme solution to an issue. That's the way it's always been. Republicans did that for years when they had control of the House. Democrats have done that for years, and the Senate was always supposed to be the moderating force. Um, and we've seen in the modern day Senate majority and minority leaders who use their caucuses, who, you know, when their caucuses yield their power to the Senate majority and minority leaders, that's when more politics get played. Here is a time when at least I'm not, I, I haven't looked and see what Senator Schumer's done enough, done as far as being the Democratic leader in the Senate, but McConnell giving up his power as the majority leader to Senator Scott to run this process and get something done. And he knows that if it, the way that it failed, that it's going to be a campaign issue and he's going to use it and he's going to be able to campaign on it and probably score a lot of points out of it. But the fact of the matter is he still gave up his power to another Senator to get an issue done. And it would have been a home run either way. If it gets done, it's, that's awesome. If it doesn't, that's still, there's still political upside to that. Um, the fact of the matter, and then, but then having Pelosi coming on TV and blaming Republicans and to a certain extent, blaming Tim Scott for the murder of George Floyd, 
just shows how polarized the house is, how extreme it is. And Pelosi's bought into sort of the Donald Trump tactics, um, definitely over the last six to eight months uh, since the state of the union and, and the problems there when he wouldn't shake her hand and Mm -hmm. um, she tore up the copy of his speech and and all that after he completed. So it's gotten bad, but this was the one time where a nation is reeling and needs some level of leadership and they just didn't get it at all or we didn't get it at all right yeah it's because we're not going to get it from trump we're not going to get it from trump this was the one time when the congress together could have said you know fuck this let's do this and they still couldn't get it get their act together yeah that sucks very sad (laughs) yeah i know i mean it when you yeah I mean, it's the same. It feels like whenever there's political will to do something, that the easiest thing to do is nothing. Um, well, and then let's not forget the fact that all this stuff could have been done years ago if cities just actually took a harder look at what their police forces were up to and made the changes themselves, but they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... I just it well, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, you lead from the top, and it trickles down and becomes more pervasive and and sort of accepted. But um, it, it almost feels like some of these things have to go in reverse now. Like, yeah, have, we have to build up um, at the ground level and make these changes. And 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 some of these municipalities are making these changes, and that may be the way to go. And a real ultimately a testament to to federalism um but the only the only excuse i can think of is i i heard this today or yesterday i can't remember that you know like i was kind of the same point i was making about everybody hates congress but they like their congress their member of congress that represents them same thing like everybody hates the cops except for their community's police force because that's like that's the police force that actually that keeps them safe or that is there to keep them safe, you know. So right. I kind of feel like that might be it. So like the city, you know, city of Chicago thinks the cops suck, but they they're they're happy when they see you know the cops doing their job. Right. So you know maybe it's one of those things where it's oh it's the other guys that are that are fucking up. It's the other guys that are putting their knees on the necks of these these poor black men, you know, and killing them off. Maybe maybe that's part of it, and it's sort of a twisted way to think about it. But there sorry. needs to be there needs to be something. I just sorry, I just got a text from my mother that said Olivia is telling her cousins that there's no Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I need to do something about it. Oh, God. Does, that just, does that just horrify your mother? I mean, Christmas isn't the same once you, once, you once that revelation. Is, Did you guys tell her that there was no Santa Claus? No, our oh. our neighbor who is fifteen told her evidently, but oh, we've, we've been trying to at least create some get, illusion. Get, get that genie back in the bottle a little bit, at least so we could talk to her so she wouldn't do something like this and ruin it for other people. Oh my God. Um, sorry. That took precedence over, uh, um, 
your soliloquy on police reform. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but no, I, I think I, yeah. Um, I I don't think we're done with that, that topic. I think, um, it'll come back up and it may, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these things at this point, like the election is, is, less than five months, almost four months away now. Yeah. I feel like, a, you know, any any sort of major legislation outside of um, some, some like sort of stimulus or something is probably going to be pushed until, until January at this point. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also worried about what a next wave of COVID is going to sure. kind of do to the national discourse in terms of shutting down progress on some of these on some of these conversations um because i think it's inevitable i think there are a lot of folks planning for it to have for the second wave to come um i mean we were joking early on that you know we're in phase four but we don't know how for long how long and how many steps we're going to take back because i think that's that's realistic that's realistic that we're going to go back to, to phase three or maybe in phase two and and we're stuck inside again and can't go to restaurants and can't you know, even sit outside at a restaurant anymore. And that'll consume everybody all over again. Today or yesterday was the second highest day of COVID case or coronavirus cases in America Mm -hmm. since this all started. So, um, well, what scares me the most is that I, I, despite the, the protests and the angst and the looting and everything, I do think there has been, a really good progress and step steps forward, step forward in, in our conversation around race and, and equality. And, and I'm, I'm afraid, I just don't want that moment to slip away again, only to have it triggered by another tragedy that makes it, that makes a response even, even worse sure. than what we've seen in the last several weeks. Um, Cause yeah. that's what, that's what happens. I mean, that's what we've seen over the last, you know, definitely the last 10 years of when these, when these tragedies happen is it's a, it's a horrible response and then it goes away. And the next time it happens, it's an even more horrible response and it just keeps on escalating. Well, hopefully if, if something like that does happen, it'll happen after Donald Trump is president. So yeah, (laughs) after he's out of office. So the, the powder keg, he can't light it. Yeah. Um, You know, maybe we'll have some healer, um, and actually, that that is a good segue into what I'm into this week. Oh, if you want to talk about that, I want to talk about that. Um, I am into former, or I'm sorry, I'm not former. I am into Republicans for Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> so I, the Lincoln Project. I, I yeah. Have you have you followed them on Twitter? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they they are they are on fire with some of their responses to Trump's tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I think last week uh, or whenever he tweeted, um, "Nasdaq all time ho- all time high," and they they commented back, "Presidency all time low." You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just good with the one liners like that. But yeah, uh, they they released a. Um, ad about how like Reagan um, united the, the country uh, with after the Challenger exploded um, 
but um sorry uh yeah bush after 911 um maybe clinton after uh, maybe it was like uh columbine or something i can't remember what his was and mm-hmm. then and obama singing amazing amazing grace after the charleston shooting and then they have like trump and him just talking about like um we're going to dominate the streets and right uh, you know i gave some money to them because i think you know uh, when it comes from someone like that uh it means a little bit more to maybe someone who's who's on the fence that to see that it's okay to to sort of go against your party and stand for principles and and america um and not to not to mention that uh some of the stuff they put together is is brilliant and and it it is funny that um a lot of those guys were like some of the smart minds behind some really savvy Republican campaigns. And now sure. they're basically working against the Republican uh, um, party to try and unseat Trump. So mm-hmm. uh, I am into into those guys this week. Yeah. The Lincoln Project's been pretty good. And somebody, somebody had a pretty um, – astute observation about how whenever they put out a tweet or an ad they their their audience is really donald trump because they just want to antagonize him yeah they're not trying to appeal to anybody else they really just want to poke at him and him Mm -hmm. alone and they know he's paying attention to it yep um yeah Yeah, i think their stuff's good like fox and friends and stuff right yeah yeah and i think you know some of those guys who i've run into so john weaver is one of them he was mccain's political main political strategist in his 2000 campaign mm-hmm. uh and then early on in his 2008 came he also worked for uh for Kasich and for huntsman um he's you know he's a little unhinged in some of his tweets his personal tweets but you know he's part of it uh uh-huh. rick wilson's another strategist is in there rick is yeah. kind of got he's you know he's hilarious too and then steve schmidt who uh ran um mccain's 2008 campaign um, yeah you know it's they're all they've all got bona fides and they they believe in the country they believe in and country first right uh, kind of guys exactly. but um yeah i love it i love some of the, i love the tweets that they put out i think it's pretty funny yeah. but you know it, it, it also ta- it brings up the fact that um the Trump political team in DC, these are like the fifth tier Republican right. staffers who got their shot with Trump and they're trying to make the most of it. Cause I, you know, I've said this to a lot of people that I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, I'm never surprised when how I, I'm, I'm never shocked at how often people fail up in DC. And that's just, that just captures my thoughts about the people that are working in the Trump political organization. I've got good friends there are people that I used to consider pretty good friends uh, working in the administration who are good policy minds that are trying to probably, that I know are probably trying to do the good things and, and make good positive changes, but the actual political teams, those guys are freaking wastes, waste of skin, in my opinion, um, playing to the lowest common denominator, owning the libs, things that we've talked about a million times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at one of their tweets right now. They, there's a, responding to a a clip on Fox news of uh, an interview with Trump where he says, Detroit, Oakland, Baltimore, and Chicago. It's like living in hell. And (laughs) their, their response is something's not white about this. Oh my God. I I don't know who's uh, um, writing this stuff, but Oh Jesus Christ. Anyway, what are you into? 
Uh, I'm not. I, I'm into something that's not as serious a, no. again as usual. Uh, yeah. I'm into new golf clubs. Oh, did you get them? Uh, I did. Um, I'm going to go hit with them for the first time tomorrow. I'm really excited about this. I got fitted for them, um, and uh, I'm psyched because I'm trying to get back into playing some more golf now that it's summertime and getting out there. I don't live far away from the course, so it's easy. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite ways to kind of clear my head. I've always, I always love walking a course just cause it's a great way to kind of think about what's going on and prioritize and just think about what's happening in life and also relieving stress and anxiety. So, uh, I'm going to be into my new, I'm into my new golf clubs. going to enjoy them tomorrow a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go hit some balls in the afternoon and, uh, clear my head and get ready for the 4th of July week and next week. I'm going to, we're going to go away for a few days and get the kids out of, out of uh, Chicago and go to the lake and have a good time. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Have fun with those new clubs. Probably excited. Golf next week in park city. Um, yeah. So we'll be, we'll be off for at least two weeks. Yep. I'll be on holiday traveling the great, great center of this country center and upper center are you are you going to get to see mount rushmore in your drive out uh we're going to do it on the way back on the way back assuming it's still there oh after the fourth of july (laughs) well governor governor christy gnome has promised that 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 uh mount rushmore is not going anywhere so i'm sure it's fine okay trump is doing some fourth of july thing there i guess yeah he is uh but yeah we'll be off for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we come back, we'll be ready to do our next 20 episodes. Damn right. And then 20 after that and 20 after that. So everybody make sure you, uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at bros politics. And, uh, we will see you guys a week or two later after the 4th of July holiday. Howl, have a safe trip, drive safe, keep your balls you on ice. <laughs> love you love you too man we'll go to the casino all right bye see you man <laughs>